Hello once again to all of our listeners. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be together again, and we are so blessed to be able to do this each day right here on Search the Scriptures, get into God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, and look a little bit more thoroughly and maybe a little bit closer as to what God's Word really tells us, what it says to us, what it means to us and for us. We're so blessed to be able to do this. We're thankful that you're there. We're always thankful to hear from listeners who let us know that they're listening to the program on a regular basis, that they're enjoying the study of God's Word. And our prayer is, and we really do pray for you, that you're growing spiritually, that you're growing in your faith because faith does come by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10:17. We keep saying that and emphasizing it. And that really should emphasize the importance of our getting into God's Word regularly and continually and consistently. So your faith should be growing deeper and stronger. And as that happens, you should be coming closer to God. And our prayer is that you will ultimately come to Him all the way, His way, through Jesus Christ, His Son, your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, as Jesus said, must happen, Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, and again in verse 5, and confessing your faith in him, as Jesus again said, must happen, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, and then surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and for salvation, as Jesus said, must happen, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And then to live that life of faithfulness in him and to him and to God for the rest of your life, as Jesus said, must happen in Acts chapter, I'm sorry, in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life, Jesus said. This is a time when you have opportunity many of you at least, a great many of you, because you are shut down to some extent from your normal routine of living. You've got a lot of extra free time on your hands. Take advantage of it and get into God's Word deeper than you have been. Spend more time in it than you have been. Talk to God in prayer more than you have been. Lean upon Him and look to Him for deliverance from this epidemic, but also deliverance from the condemnation of sin. God sent his son to die on that cross as our savior. Now think about what the word savior means. Through him, we can be saved. He paid the price as that ultimate sacrifice for the guilt of our sins. We could not pay that price ourselves. Only Jesus could. And God sent him to do exactly that, and Jesus did exactly that. So refocus upon your souls. I pray every day, or at least just about every day, that God will use this situation that we're in with this epidemic, where so many people are concerned, so many people are forlorn to some extent, fearful, uncertain as to what's going to happen and how things are going to ultimately play out. 
I pray that God will use this set of circumstances, this situation, to help people open their ears to his word, open their eyes to the truth of his teachings, and open their hearts to come to him in humble submission and repentance and obedience. That's my prayer, and I pray it almost every single day, almost every single day. Are there people you need to be praying for? Do you need to be praying about your own soul's situation? This is a time for us to refocus, to wake up. In some cases, maybe wake up again and recognize that we need to change our lives. Well, we're going to bring this particular study to a close today on spiritual warfare. While we are caught in a medical and health crisis due to this coronavirus or COVID-19 epidemic and pandemic, we're also engaged in another battle. We are engaged in deadly spiritual warfare because as I've emphasized repeatedly through this study, Whatever the cause, whatever the reason for this epidemic, pandemic, whatever that is, the world is struggling through that right now from a medical and health crisis perspective. But whatever the cause for it, whatever the reason for it, right now, be absolutely assured that the devil is at work trying to take advantage of it and use it to tear down people's faith and pull them away from God. He knows how to work on us. He knows how to work on people's hearts. He knows how to work on their minds, planting doubts, asking questions, trying to get across that God is not there. Well, God is there. And this is simply one more in a long line of epidemics and pandemics and plagues and contagions that have afflicted mankind throughout history. And God, I have absolute confidence, confidence in, will see us through this one as well. well. We talked about how we are engaged right now in deadly spiritual warfare. We saw how the devil was cast down to the earth, Revelation chapter 10, uh, 12, verses 7 through 12. And so this is his realm of influence. This is the devil's playground, his workshop. This is where he does his work. And he tries to work on people's hearts and minds and souls to pull them away from God through temptation, but also using all kinds of situations that confront us, sickness being one, injury, loss of jobs, loss of relationships, difficulties with, uh, of different kinds, he'll try to use those as wedges to get in there and then to start to work on us to pull us away from God through temptations, planting doubts in our mind, and so on. He's referred to as the ruler of this world in John chapter 12 and verse 31. Now, not the ruler in the sense of God being the creator, an ultimate overseer, but again, from the reference, from the standpoint that this is where the devil does his work. He's referred to as the God of this age, lowercase g, 
not on a level with God the Father, the Creator, but lowercase. In other words, he has power here. He has influence here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, we noted that he's referred to as the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience, trying to pull people away from God. He is our enemy. He is our adversary, as the apostle Peter portrays him in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, and refers to him as being like a lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. But Peter also says we can resist him effectively by being steadfast in the faith and faithfulness to God. And that's how we overcome the devil, through God, through faith and faithfulness consistently in God and before him and through Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul laid out for us a whole list of spiritual armor that God has provided for us to enable us, to equip us, to stand strong and victorious against the devil. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Now, you see, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Why, if we were not in a spiritual war, why would God guide the Apostle Paul to write about these implements of spiritual armor that we need to wear. Well, the armor, these implements of armor are obviously spiritual in nature. We're talking about not literal breastplates of armor, but the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, shoes that are the preparation of the gospel of peace, We're talking about the shield of faith. We're talking about the sword of the spirit. So you see, we're talking about spiritual armor to to help us guard and guard us against whatever the devil might throw at us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the apostle Paul talks about how we can trust God to not allow the devil to put forth before us any temptation that is too powerful, too overwhelming for us to overcome, for us to say no to with God's help. God will always be there for us as long as we're always there with God. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, Paul says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Again, as long as we're walking with God, God will be there with us, watching over us. As long as we don't let go of God's hand, he'll never let go of our hand. And we can resist the devil by submitting to God, by coming to him. And as we come to him, there's no room for the devil in our lives. If we're walking with God in faithful, consistent obedience, then the devil has no place in our lives. So James says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So as we walk with God, and as we continue to walk with God in faithful, 
obedience and dedication and commitment, then the devil will have no place in our lives. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. This is not just a pandemic, not just an epidemic that we're facing right now. We're also facing, within that, deadly spiritual warfare. The devil is here, and he is working to try to pull people away from God through what they're experiencing in this epidemic. Unwavering faith in God, through Christ, will bring us victory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we read beginning with verse 57, Paul gives us this assurance. He says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory through Christ. He goes on and says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, not wishy-washy in our faithfulness, not wishy-washy in our faith, but steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Real, saving, dedicated faith is active faith, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Look at that. Victory through Christ. What an encouragement. What a promise that God gives us. Now, again, spiritual warfare. Look at some of these references that lay things out along those lines. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, look at what Paul says. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. I said we're engaged in deadly spiritual warfare. That's what Paul's talking about. That by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. And then we turn to 2 Timothy, Paul's second letter to Timothy, recorded in Scripture. And let's look at verses 3 and 4. And here he says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Well, think back about those implements of the spiritual armor that Paul laid out for us in Ephesians chapter 6. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare, again, that's what we've been emphasizing in this particular series of studies, that we are engaged in deadly spiritual warfare. The devil is our enemy. God and Christ are our allies. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And then Paul, when he is looking, it would seem, at the end of his physical life in this world, probably facing execution at the hands of the Roman government, he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, I have fought 
the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 2 and verse 10. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What a promise. What a hope. Not a wild wish, but the desire plus the expectation of its fulfillment centered in Christ Jesus. My, my. Have you come to Jesus? Do you need to come to Jesus? He said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 24, Come to me, all you who labor. I'm sorry, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now he's talking about spiritual rest. And ultimately what he's talking about is eternal rest in heaven with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. Do you need to come to him? Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. We've got to turn away from our sins. Luke 13 and verse 3. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 10 and verse 32. And Jesus said, when he told the apostles to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Jesus said that. And that's how we must come to him. And then when we come to him in those ways, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us from the guilt of our sins, and we are reborn spiritually. Reborn. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3, must happen. We are made new, made into a new creation from a spiritual perspective, as the Apostle Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. We get a new start on life. We get a do-over. But how blessed we will be because our sins will be forgiven. We will have been reborn we will have been redeemed. We will have been reconciled to God. We will have been saved and promised eternal life. Oh, yes. God enables us to win this war in which we were engaged against the devil. God enables us to win, to be victorious. But we've got to make up our minds. We can't just sit in the sidelines. We can't just be complacent. We've got to make up our minds and follow through. Now let me close my reading from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, protection and refuge. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. 
Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the, of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A whole lot of people are fearful of what we're going through right now. The text goes on and says, A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He shall give his angels, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God promises to deliver us. God promises victory in this spiritual warfare that we're facing. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. And we thank you for protecting us if we will come to you and trust you and walk with you in faithful obedience consistently. We thank you for your protection through your mighty, through your almighty power. Please be with us. Please guide us in your will. And help us to open our ears to your word, to open our eyes to your truth, and to open our heart to come to you through Jesus Christ. Please guide us in your will. Please forgive us and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.